International Baptist College is a dynamic ministry of Tri-City Baptist Church in Chandler. IBC offers three Bachelor of Arts degrees and four graduate degrees. The professors at IBC desire to teach students how to think, live, and lead from a conservative biblical worldview. Whether you are pursuing a degree or laying a biblical foundation for your life, IBC will mentor you into ministry. Please check out our website at ibconline.edu or call 1-800-IBC-4858 for more information. It is important for us to remember that God has placed us in certain positions to accomplish His will. And He put us in a position. There are certain places where you are in your life where where there are things that you can do that you are strategically placed to do that for all practical purposes nobody else can do. Celeste Montague. Welcome to Dare to Stand, a radio ministry of Northwest Valley Baptist Church in Glendale, Arizona, featuring the teaching of senior pastor Dr. Kevin Shaw. Dare to Stand is on the radio to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ to all who will listen, to carefully teach the truth of God's Word, and to encourage a healthy lifestyle of worshiping and honoring God. For more details about Dare to Stand or the ministry of Northwest Valley Baptist Church, please visit www.daretostand.org or call the church at 623-581-3115. You can receive a free MP3 copy of today's message or the entire series in MP3 format for a small fee by contacting the church. Today we continue our study in the book of Esther with more of a lesson titled simply, Finish. It's really, really important to finish any job that God gives us. Let's listen as Dr. Shaw picks things up by describing the larger plan of God in the tasks that he gives us to complete. It's true in our lives, and it was true in Esther's life too. started as a pastor at this church, I had two pastors that I called often. um, Pastor Jim Singleton, who was my pastor growing up, and Dr. E.R. Jordan, who was the pastor at Calvary Baptist Church in Lansdale, who had helped helped us as far as uh, church planting in this church. Now, sometimes Chief called me, usually at four o'clock in the morning or so, because he had no sense of time differences. He just never could remember that. And you know, how you doing, brother? How things going? Taking a look at your numbers. You had a down week this last week. I want to encourage you, everything's going to be okay. I start running into a problem. I call Pastor Singleton, who had been to, you know, most every, through most every problem as a pastor, and you know, would talk about how he handled church problems and what, what needed to be done about this and what needed. And, and, I, and praise the Lord, I had people that I could talk to. And today, both of those men are in glory. And I have a responsibility to participate in the lives of those who are going to be the next generation of leadership. And time marches on. And so we have to see the needs of others. We have to invest. It's so important. We have to see that there's an eternal plan of God. You take Esther and Mordecai in this particular case, and they're thinking about God's people. 
Most likely, at this moment in Israel's history, there had already been a group of people that had gone back to the land of Israel. Right now, at this moment, as this story is going on in Persia, there's a group of people building the temple in Jerusalem. Now, it doesn't mention that. But that had to be on their mind. People had to know that they were there and that God was going about rebuilding a nation. And that one day, people would come back to the land of Israel from all over the, land, all over the Persian Empire and reestablish this nation in the land of Israel. That there was a plan of God that was going on. God has a plan for our age too. He has a plan for us to reach the lost. He has a plan for us to reach the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we have an important part in it. Every one of us. So you look beyond yourself. You seize God-given opportunities. In this particular case, they seize the opportunity. It says in chapter 8, verse 1, On that day did King Hashuers give the house of Haman to Esther. The king took off his ring, verse 2, which he had taken from Haman and gave it unto Mordecai. And Esther set Mordecai over the house of Haman. There were relationships that God had placed them in. God placed Esther in this position of being, a, uh, being the queen. And she used that relationship to, to provide benefit for Mordecai. Mordecai used that relationship to provide benefit for the children of Israel. God has sometimes given you specific relationships that give you specific opportunities to, to further the plan of God in this age. And so those relationships are given by God. Sometimes God has given people positions of authority and positions of influence, just as He did with Esther and with Mordecai here, which can be used for good. God has, throughout the years, placed Christians sometimes in some very strategic places. He's placed Christians in places of government. Now, I don't believe government is the solution as far as bringing about revival in the land, but God sometimes places Christians in, in political office and positions of authority in a company, positions of authority in a nation in which their voice can make a difference. So when you find yourself in that place, don't forget that the relationships that God has given you, the positions of authority which God has given you, the circumstances which God has placed in you, those circumstances are a stewardship. Don't waste your opportunity. Don't waste your trial. Don't waste your circumstance. Don't waste your neighborhood. Don't waste your relationships. God has placed you where you are for a reason. And Esther and Mordecai did not waste those relationships. He, there were circumstances which allowed specific actions. Esther goes in before the king. She now begs the king, based upon these relationships, to give them opportunity to undo this mischief. That's the term that is used. That, um, to undo this mischief which Haman had perpetrated upon, uh, had devised against the Jews. And so they seek to do this for God's glory. And so the king says to Esther, he says to her and to Mordecai, do whatever you want to do. And so we see in chapter, um, chapter 8, verse 7, And King Ahasuerus said unto Esther the queen and to Mordecai the Jew, Behold, I have given Esther the house of Haman, and him have, have he hanged upon the gallows, because he had laid his hand upon the Jews. Write ye also for the Jews, as it liketh you in the king's name. They fight for what is right. By the way, and so it's interesting that this this decree went out. Now, when the decree went out, it's a different type of decree than you expect. Wouldn't you have expected, if you ever read, read this story for the first time, the decree that went out was this. 
that the children of Israel on the day that was appointed for the slaughter of the Jews could gather together into one place and they could defend themselves. Now the understanding also with the decree was that there would be no governmental backing of the enemies of the Jews. In fact, we find um, that the officers of the officers of the kingdom helped the Jews. We see that in chapter 9, verse 3. And all the rulers of the provinces and the lieutenants and the deputies and the officers of the king helped the Jews because the fear, the fear of Mordecai fell upon them. And so we have this decree that allows them to defend themselves. Now, it seems to me, I don't know if it would seem to you, that if I was going to write the decree, I would have written it such that uh, no killing of the Jews. You know, something very simple like that. Do not kill the Jews. You say, well, why didn't they write it that way? Well, there's, there's several possible reasons. Uh, one reason would be the law and the Medes and the Persians would alter it not. In other words, they couldn't simply rescind the law. They had to pass another law that would counteract the previous law. And that is one of the arguments, even based upon, upon what the king says in Esther chapter 8, verse 8. We take, take this... Let's read that verse. Write ye also for the Jews as it liketh in you the king's name and seal it with the king's ring for the writing which is written in the king's name and sealed with the king's ring may no man reverse. So they can't, so the, the, it's, the, it's possible that what the issue was was they couldn't reverse the previous declaration but what they could do is allow the Jews to defend themselves even though the previous declaration was in place. But there's another aspect to this and that is if, it's, if the previous declaration had simply been, been, been eliminated, all of the enemies of the Jews would have remained. Those who were bent, who were their enemies, that were bent on their destruction, would have continued to live and prosper and come back again some other day. Dr. Shaw will be back with more on the impact that we can have on future generations as we serve and obey the Lord and whatever He calls us to do today. You're listening to Dare to Stand with Dr. Kevin Shaw as we continue a study in the book of Esther and a message titled, Finish. Dare to Stand is a radio outreach of Northwest Valley Baptist Church. You can visit daretostand.org for more details about Dr. Shaw's church or this radio program. And now here's Dr. Shaw to invite us to consider an addiction recovery ministry. It's going on at his church, Northwest, called Freedom That Lasts. Hello, this is Kevin Shaw. Are you or someone you know dealing with the agony of an addiction? You cannot change what you do until you let God change who you are. Freedom That Lasts is a discipleship ministry of Northwest Valley Baptist Church that applies the life-transforming principles of the gospel and Christian growth to the problems of life-dominating sins and addictions. All of this happens in an atmosphere of love and accountability. If you would like to know more information about this important ministry, give us a call at 623-581-3115 or visit our website at daretostand.org. Go to the homepage and click the Discipleship Connections button. Thank you, Dr. Shaw. Please call Northwest Valley Baptist Church for more details about the Freedom That Lasts Addiction Recovery Discipleship Ministry. Call 623-581-3115. 
And now, let's get back to Dr. Shaw as he gives us a recent example from our own history on how things we do now will impact those in the future. Here's our teacher. We've seen this even in our history. Do you remember? Do you remember the first Gulf War? Anybody remember that? Saddam Hussein invaded Kuwait. As he invaded Kuwait, he'd taken hold of that country, and we had that first war to liberate Kuwait. And the enemy, the, the, um, uh, the Iraqis were defeated in just a, a matter of hours and were fleeing back into Iraq. You remember that road of destruction that you saw on the news as they were fleeing back. The armies of Saddam Hussein were absolutely destroyed. But as they fled back, what did we do as a nation? We stopped. And those who were the pundits at the time said this, if we stop now, we'll just have to fight again. That's what they said. And guess what? We had to fight again. Now, I don't know all the details of how all that should have worked. But I do know that it was one of those times when it seems like we just didn't finish. One of the things historically we've seen also is that finishing is the hardest thing. Starting is easy. Making wonderful progress is easy. Finishing is hard. And so we have appropriate self-defense. It requires effort. It's interesting here that it would have been nice for the children of Israel simply to be delivered. It gave them the opportunity to fight. They had to fight for their lives. They had to battle. It wasn't that they were just delivered. They, they were given the opportunity to fight for their deliverance. Isn't it interesting that God doesn't give us everything for our Christian life on a platter? He doesn't serve us as a servant. He gives us the opportunity to serve Him. But He does require that we put out effort in our service for Him. And so fighting for what's right requires effort. And by the way, it also requires risk. And so the writing was that they could defend themselves. It says, wherein the king granted the Jews, which were in every city, to gather themselves together and to stand for their life, to destroy and to slay, and to cause to perish all the power of the people and the province that would assault them, both little ones and women, to take the spoil of them for a prey. The indication is not that they were able to just kill whoever they wanted, but they were able to defend themselves against those that would attack them. And so, it's appropriate self-defense. It requires risk. It requires effort. And we need to fight for right, especially for what is the truth. So how does that work in our day? Well, what do we fight for? Well, we fight for things like the faith. You say, well, Christians ought not to fight. Oh, Christians should fight. In fact, the New Testament talks about New, Christian, New Testament Christians fighting. There's all kinds of military fighting language in the New Testament. You say, well, we want to be kind, and we want to be gentle, and we want to be loving. But there are times when the church needs to rise up and fight. Well, in fight for what way? In fight what way? Well, in fi fight against false teaching. Take a look with me in Jude verse 3. Turn with me in the New Testament to the book of Jude verse 3. It says in verse 3, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. 
There are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of our Lord Jesus, a grace of our God into, into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. I will therefore put you in remembrance, though, though you knew this, you once knew this, how that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed them that believed not. Now this is not saying that we physically fight or we physically do battle against unbelief. But there is a requirement in the New Testament for, to fight for sound doctrine. Now, what does that look like? That looks like making sure that people understand what sound teaching is. It also means making sure that we identify false teachers and declare to the congregation and the world that this violates the plain teaching of the Word of God. We have to earnestly contend for the faith. You say, but I don't want to make anybody mad. I want you to understand this. If you are going to live a godly life in this world, you will offend people. You cannot get around it. So where are you going to offend them? You might as well offend them by being obedient rather than being, being disobedient. So we fight against false teachers. You fight for your family. And you say, what do you mean fighting for your family? Against the enemy. 2 Timothy chapter 3, the Apostle Paul is writing to Timothy. And he's writing to Timothy to make sure that Timothy understands that he remains faithful. And, and so he's fighting as he's, he's taking effort and sending this letter to Timothy. And he's fighting for Timothy and he says, he says, continue thou in the things which you've learned and been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. And he says, look at me, you have seen the things that I have done for your sake. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, he says, for you have known... But thou hast fully known, verse 10, my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, persecutions, afflictions with Cayman to me at Antioch, and Iconium at Lystra, what persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. He's, he's enduring great difficulty for the sake of for that person that he considers his young son in the faith. He says, you fully, you've, 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 remember of these things. He says, continue, verse 14, in the things which thou hast learned and been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. I think he, in this passage, he's referring to himself, and then also in chapter 1, to Timothy's mother and grandmother who had been faithful. Don't quit fighting the spiritual fight for your own family. Think about fighting for your brothers and sisters in Christ. We see the story here in Galatians chapter 2, the Apostle Paul. Turn with me to Galatians chapter 2. There was a battle going on, the first really big spiritual battle in the early church, which was those that came into the church from Judaism who wanted to make New Testament Christianity an altered form of Judaism and wanted to mix up the law with grace. And so we see in... Um, in Galatians chapter 2, the Apostle Paul's willingness to fight for the truth, even against those who are leaders and pillars in the church. Those people that he respected, in Galatians chapter 2, verse 11, he says this, but when Peter, you know, the same Peter that was with Jesus when he died, the same Peter that is upon this rock, I will build this church, the same Peter that preached on the day of Pentecost. It's that Peter, but he says, when Peter was come to Antioch, I withstood him to the face. He was willing to fight for the truth, even against Peter. I withstood him to the face because he was to be blamed. For before that certain came from James, he did eat with the Gentiles. But when they were come, he withdrew and separated himself, 
fearing them which were of the circumcision. And the other Jews dissembled likewise with him, insomuch that Barnabas was also carried away with their dissimulation. He saw Peter's compromise, and he saw Peter's compromise affecting other leaders, even Barnabas, who was beloved of the Apostle Paul. And so Peter challenged him. He said to him, why do you eat with the Gentiles and treat the Gentiles as if they're equal brothers when the Jews aren't around? But when the Jews are around, then you depart from them as if they must obey the laws of the Jews in order to maintain their salvation. The gospel was at stake and he fought for the gospel as it pertained to his brothers and sisters in Christ. We fight for the souls of the lost and for the glory of God. When I was a student in Bible college, we'd get together where they have it called a preacher boys meeting every week. And we'd sing this song, and I, I wondered how long they're going to continue to sing it, because in the present culture, it doesn't seem as acceptable. Souls for Jesus is our battle cry. Souls for Jesus will fight until we die. We never will give in. While souls are lost in sin, souls for Jesus is our battle cry. There was a day when they first started singing that song. It was just after World War II. Bible colleges across the United States were full of young men who had come back from fighting the greatest conflict the world had ever seen to that date. Pastor Shaw will finish his thought on those young men who returned from World War II to attend Bible colleges. Stay tuned. You're listening to Dare to Stand, a radio ministry outreach of Northwest Valley Baptist Church in Glendale, Arizona, where our teacher, Dr. Kevin Shaw, serves as senior pastor. Northwest Valley Baptist Church is located at 4030 West Yorkshire Drive in Glendale. That's just south of the 101 at 40th Avenue. Sunday worship service is at 9.30 a.m. Adult Bible studies and Sunday school for all ages are at 11 a.m. And Sunday evening service is at 6 p.m. Child care is provided for all services. Wednesday evening activities include prayer meetings, children's and teens programs. Northwest Valley Baptist Church also offers a quality traditional Christian education for your children, grades K-12, through at Arrowhead Christian Academy, located right on the church property at 40th Avenue and Yorkshire Drive. For more details about the church, kids' programs, this radio broadcast, or to register your kids for Arrowhead Christian Academy, please visit www.daretostand.org or call 623-581-3115. If you enjoy listening to this radio program, please consider supporting Dare to Stand with a tax-deductible donation of any amount. Visit daretostand.org, and you can follow the link to the church website where you can also download free copies of Pastor Shaw's sermons. Call us at Northwest and let us minister to you personally in any way we can. Call 623 623- 581-3115 today. Remember, you can listen to Dare to Stand on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. on this same radio station. And you're always welcome to visit Northwest Valley Baptist Church in person for Sunday morning services at 9.30 a.m. and Sunday evening teaching and discipleship at 6 p.m. 
I'm Celeste Montague. Please join us next time as we bring you our final lesson in our study of the book of Esther. And now, here's Dr. Shaw to finish his thought about the young men who survived World War II and came back home to attend Bible colleges. See you next time for more, right here on Dare to Stand. They came back to the United States having stared death in the face. They came back with a passion because they'd seen their brothers, they'd seen their friends die on a battlefield, and they came back with a boldness and a determination to reach the lost with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that generation of preachers went out and started churches and built. Many of the great churches in this nation were built by that generation who knew what it, was, what it meant to fight and battle for truth. We can't forget the importance of that. 